Hello, everybody. This is Adam from Let's Explore This. I am joined by my Sigma bro and fellow podcaster, Sam. Hey, everybody. And today we're kicking it back on the Sunday morning and we're talking about Tales from the Floor at your factory or your local liquor store. <laughs> this is going to be an exciting episode. If you, if you didn't notice that Kevin is uh, not with us today, and that's because he was getting a little bossy. And so... Like the true fans of Mikhail Bakunin that we are, um, we just t- we took care of that problem. Uh, ju- just for this week, just for this week. Yeah, he's, yeah. He'll be back. He's at that one swamp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm back working the, the two jobs. So it's like 60 hours a week at one and a couple at the liquor store. Adam, stop. That's too much work. I know. <laughs> I I don't know. I just get to be in my bonnet, and suddenly I'm working, man, again. Does uh does it bother you working that much, or do you just kind of like get adjusted to it? So, I I should say I do have probably one of the easiest jobs at the factory. So okay, I'm kind of just sitting in a chair listening to podcasts. Oh, you're just podcasting all the time. You listen to podcasts yep. at work, and then you create one on the yeah, weekend. Just hoping wow. I can be as good as. Joe Rogan, no. <laughs> yeah, bro, I don't think we're ever going to be on that level. No. Yeah, so this one lady, she's she kind of refused to get the vaccine, and so she she retired on a whim. Like, I think she had planned on working there like eight more years, but so now I'm getting like four extra hours of overtime every day. Wow. Yeah. Well, did that happen a lot with the... So is that your place like doing the mandate or are they still yeah, not doing it? Yeah, the company I work for, they they have um, mandated that every employee be vaccinated or have like a medical waiver or a religious one. I'm kind of wondering if uh, this is playing another role in like the, the supposed, you know, the great resignation that they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are leaving uh, for like, it's striketober. There's a lot of strikes going on mm-hmm. right now um, that are coinciding with uh, the supply chain issues. So, like, everyone's kind of running thin here. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. But I kind of wonder how much the people are retiring early or just quitting because they don't want to get vaccinated. I don't know what that number yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, like, boomers, like, our parents' age or maybe even a little bit younger. They're sort of coming up on where you know mathematically they can retire some of them and then there's others you know who will never retire whether oh you mean us yeah (laughs) but i don't know they're just coming up to the you know the the buffalo cliff where they're all running off to be slaughtered by capitalism (laughs) aren't we all we're all being taken advantage of uh i don't know like these this supply chain issue is kind of nuts so i was listening to uh you ever listen to the daily um, the New York Times podcast, or no, I they have that weekly, or they they have a daily podcast, and it's called the Daily. That's why it's a mm-hmm. daily podcast. Um, but they had a uh, one guy, I'll uh, find it and put in the show notes too. Um, on there, who was talking about how crazy like shipping is right now. Like, I guess there's just a shortage of shipping containers, and there's two things that caused it. Like, one, the pandemic shut everything down. Now, like shipping costs, I guess, have gone up from like twenty five hundred to like twenty five thousand dollars to ship one container, which is insane. So, like, one of the things he brought up that I didn't even think of is that 
since they're making like money hand over fist with like shipping containers, is that he he was talking about how farmers might get screwed over this year because like the containers come from the port and they go to the middle of the country and then where all the farm is or farming is and then the farmers like fill it up or whoever fills it up with all like the food and grain they ship it back and then it goes to wherever it goes well these shipping companies are making so much money i guess just uh getting goods from china over to the united states that they're just like not even filling up these empty containers they're just shipping them back right away so like just to get them full to come back mm-hmm. to the u.s wow and then they're all getting bogged down at the ports because um there's just yeah not enough uh, i don't know just not enough going on to like yep. get them all unloaded yeah. and then not enough truck drivers i guess and yeah and i do kind of wonder like a different place to work you know there's always institutional memory and i don't know if you lose like some of those old timers you can't retrain you can't build back the workforce fast enough in those areas you can't build back better yeah <laughs> i was trying to avoid getting around that phrase but <laughs> i uh i always, too, I always too thought it seems like that's been a like a problem uh just i think how a lot of companies operate uh they you know the, the whole we have to run lean and like workers like the idea that workers are just replaceable so like people our age like how many careers do they have before they retire they're talking like multiple yeah. like no, nobody just stays at one job anymore mm-hmm. um for like 40 years but i think with that problem you're losing a lot of that like that mentorship and you know people with knowledge of those jobs and then like with the with like the john deere strike mm-hmm. i guess uh i had saw something like they're just getting executives down there where all the workers are like on strike to try and like operate this heavy machinery and they do like the bare minimum of training. Oh, and I guess there was already like a, like a near miss accident. It's just like, what are you doing? Like you don't have that experience there. Then that's kind of, that's kind of frightening. And I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, going back to, you know, that lady that retired, um, you know, there's, there is a lot of stuff she could have taught me about just how to like this calibration equipment, like that's from the eighties, like i have no fucking idea it's <laughs> right it's this old equipment from japan that no one <laughs> i mean there's only yeah i mean she did it all i don't even know if they have owner's manuals for that shit anymore because they, they just kind of figured probably she would work so yeah that's that's crazy though like it's like everybody needs an assistant and like we need more integrated like mentorship programs mm-hmm. To like help, uh, you know, this person's eventually going to, well, at the very least, like if you're like gone, like, cause people have vacation time. If you're going to leave, like you need somebody to cover that. Yeah. So you need to have people with knowledge of multiple positions, I guess, mm-hmm. or you could just hire more workers. Yeah. But you still have to train them. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. There is no solution. That's the end of the podcast. See you, everybody. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into, uh, this, this, uh, trek we're going on i have a spooky story since halloween is coming up and because it happened to me yesterday so if anybody has knowledge of like dryers uh please tell me what what's going on here but yesterday well let's some backstory my my dad came up uh to visit friday night and he had told a story about how they went to he lives down in phoenix but they went to like a ghost town 
down in Arizona or whatever, and they were talking about spooky ghosts or whatever. Well, he had joked because like the first night he was up there, he stayed somewhere else. And basically, long story short, he said something got moved on him and he can't explain how it happened. And he like it was just weird. And he was just joking about like the ghost or whatever that like followed him home. It was like, oh, that's funny. Ha ha. Well, yesterday morning, I'm downstairs um, just changing my shirt and like just getting dressed for the day. And my dryer turns on by itself. And I just kind of like look at it. I'm like, and I mean, not running. It just like turns on uh, just like, hey, I'm on kind of thing. It makes the beeping noise. I was like, okay. So I go and turn it off. It turns on again. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so I go turn it off again. And then I just start thinking about like, my dad's story about like the ghost that followed home. And so <laughs> me being like paranoid all the time, I'm just like, hello, is anyone there? And then nothing happened. And then I go, if there is somebody there, please make yourself known. So I got to stand there for a second. And then the dryer turns on again. What? And then not even turning on, it starts cycling through the settings. By itself. What the hell? I know. And it was like right after I asked, it's like, if there's somebody there, let yourself be known. And I'm in the room next to where my washer and dryer are now. So now I'm spooked. Anyways, but I'm going to write this off as like some kind of electrical problem or something. So if anybody has any knowledge about this, please send it to me to put my mind at ease. Because now all the bumps in the night scare me to death. What brand of dryer do you got? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, what is it called? Amara? Weird. That sounds like some cursed albanian product <laughs> amana no it's amana amana dryer yeah so i don't know what's going on with this thing but it kind of scared me a little bit especially it's like the only time it's ever happened it was after my dad told me a story about how ghosts followed him yeah i mean laundry rooms in general they're just they can be a spooky place there's a lot of spiders <laughs> um the raft don't look behind yeah don't look behind your washer and dryer it's very scary there's a lot of bunnies back there <laughs> just waiting to be whipped out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Basements have always creeped me out for some reason, and that's where all my stuff is. But like I said, I'm hoping it's just an electrical problem because it hasn't happened since, and it hasn't happened before. So maybe it's like a one-time thing. We did go somewhere yesterday, so I'm hoping we just drop the spooky ghost off there and it's just <laughs> there now. Give it a few quarters at the bus stop. Have fun. Goodbye. Man, dude, you got to go. I'm sorry. I can't have some like Peter Poltergeist around running around just scaring me all the time. Can't have it. Is it like one of those tower ones or is it? No, they're, they're yeah, they're side by side. Yeah. Back to the other scary situation, the supply chain. You know what kind of pisses me off about like so you know the speech Biden gave, what was it, like two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, how he's talking about opening the ports twenty four seven. Oh like the yeah. trying try and get everything you know unloaded well i guess the problem is like the port authority in savannah georgia basically said i don't think it's so much like unloading the ships is i mean it is a problem but it's like where to put all the containers they're out of space oh because <laughs> like all these companies or whatever are just not um not picking up their stuff oh so but going back to that new york times uh the daily podcast he said it's because like companies have been running like lean Mm -hmm. for so long that they never have any inventory on hand yeah and they just kind of 
you know, go through the motions and like, we'll just, it'll arrive on time. It's like, everything is Amazon prime. Now yeah. it'll be here in two days. Yeah. So like they didn't even have to worry about it, but like with everything that happened and the, the whole world basically shutting down for a period of time, it like threw everything off. That's another thing too. He said like the containers usually only go between like North America, Europe and China mm-hmm. and like Southeast Asia. But now like they had to send like PPE and stuff around the world. So you have all these empty containers that were like, all over the world yeah and so they didn't even have enough to like fill everything up with goods (laughs) that's crazy you know that these ports the great colonists uh, established are now they're just too small they need to get big so back to the joe biden thing the thing that kind of like makes me mad is like they're panicking because they're afraid of christmas shelves being or shelves being empty for christmas people can't go do their shopping (laughs) I know it's just like Black Friday is canceled this year. Sorry, folks. We don't have enough inventory. Yeah. I'm like, why is that a bad thing? Because all we do is didn't Kevin go on a rant last week saying like how we just feed our faces full of garbage. Yeah. It's like a stampede of pigs. Yeah. And that's what they're afraid of. Uh, Like because like if you don't have shelves full or like you don't get anything right now, people just freak out. Mm hmm. So I just I just feel like it's kind of gross that we are going to try and whip up an already strained workforce yeah. for people who are like um, still working. I and all in the name of consumption. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, these stores, they advertise, oh, it's it's only like two months of work or whatever, like right before Thanksgiving. That's when they. Start. Oh, yes. Like seasonal work or yeah. whatever. To, you know, to keep those shelves stocked through the holidays. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fun. It's you're decorating the store with Christmas and, and pumpkins. I mean, these companies obviously make the bulk of their money, I think, over the holiday season. Yeah. I just feel gross about about what we're doing and why why we're panicking about like this to to a degree where like we never take in consider like the human capital that. You know what? What is necessary? It's like that thing um, I was talking about. How shipping containers are basically, or shipping companies are trying to get empty containers back to Southeast Asia to fill them up, so they can make extra money on the shipping costs that are now. Mm-hmm. And that's going to screw over like farmers and you know people who need. To, it's going to screw over like exporters. Yeah. Uh, f- from the United States. Well, that's going to cause you know the same kind of inflation problems anywhere else. And I just think. That's that's such a, a wild thing to me, um, because like if, if you operate something on necessity instead of just the greed, because like food is necessary. So they were filling it up with food. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like you would have normal kind of, you know, interactions and trade if you take the profit motive out of it, because like it's like instead of just being like, well, I'm shipping this em- empty container back over to Southeast Asia without putting food in it just because I'll make more money. It's just like, well, then you're just going to, you're going to perpetuate the the cycle, the the inflationary problems, and you're going to keep perpetuating that problem. Where if yeah. it was just more efficient, you'd be like, well, if we don't worry about the profit, then we can get these goods to and from where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's the problem I have with it, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it just, we take with like the profit motive, we just, we take out a lot of, we just create our own problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just we are, we are literally causing our own problems. 
And that's what's frustrating. It's like, and it's all because of the name of like, I can make a few extra bucks here. Yeah. I mean, those, those problems will hurt, you know, months down the line. Um, a lot of livestock uh, consumes that, that food that's not being shipped. I, I don't know. We're going to have to start selling leaner cuts of meat. It's like, oh no, your little bacon's going to be cut in half. I, yeah, it's just it's just wild to me that that we've created like this this global supply chain that you know was supposed to be well what it did was it drove down costs for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was dialed pretty dialed in. Yeah, and it's like the same problem we always talk about. It's all about cheap consumption. Mm-hmm. It's like these companies shipped all so like why do we have inflation in these supply ch- chain problems? It's cuz these companies laid off all their workers and shipped their manufacturing overseas Mm -hmm. or started, you know, getting the product as cheap as possible from the places they could. And it was all in the name of profit. So like you you look at like steel towns, we always talk about steel cities, former steel cities that are just been like rotten and forgotten and all in the name because they shipped, they they now get all that material for some, from somewhere else, somewhere cheaper. So like what, what is the end game then for, for like people like, in the United States, I, I was supposed the good side of this is like a lot of people in China, for example, were brought out of poverty because all the manufacturing went there. Yeah. But still, it's just like, wh- what does that leave in the United States? Because that like with all the jobs and productivity that was lost in the United States and, and like basically the people in the top, like the corporations and the wealthy keeping all the profits that basically came from shipping jobs overseas and like mm-hmm. widening the supply chain like this. And wages didn't go up. The only fix we had to that problem is we introduced more credit. Yeah. And we created a debtor's a debtor's economy. Like, what's the end game past that? Like, what's next? Like, how do you fix the problem going forward? Because that, that was our fix then, but that just made the bank super rich. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I don't know, there's some metric out there, like a certain percentage of Americans can't make their car payment. You know, I think it's part of just living here is you, you just start living your life on credit basically like yeah and we ha- every every paycheck is life and death like for example one time uh so i got laid off for a period of time and when i came back i owed like all this health insurance debt you know for like like in years past i guess it had been waived or whatever but this time i came back and i had to pay like three thousand dollars to <laughs> our our company's health insurer and so i didn't get a paycheck and i was like how and this happened uh two pay periods in a row how did that how like is it because like you were still on their health insurance yeah and and you didn't pay the premium yeah i wasn't paying the premium throughout the the summer like i i wasn't notified or anything about it but then i come back and you know i'm not collecting unemployment and my second job, you know, isn't much. Isn't paying. That's much. that's fucked. Yeah, it was nuts. And yeah, it's like what do you, what do you do? And you know, you talk to your manager, like he's like, I don't know what I can do. Talk to HR. They're like, Our HR's in the Philippines. Uh yeah, and it was never it was never really sorted out until basically I'd paid off this insurance debt you know that i never used (laughs) yeah and they didn't tell like they didn't tell you like this was going to be a thing like you couldn't opt out of your insurance or something no 
That's insane. It was, that, it was like, part of, I don't know. I think it was just automation. Or I don't know if they had switched over to a different health insurer or whatever. But where, you know, they wouldn't <laughs> let me off the hook being laid off. Tales from getting fucked in America. Like, but uh, you see, like, that's that's what you were kind of talking about. It's just like, how many people live paycheck to paycheck in the United States? It's like, it's over half, yeah. I think. And like, they all have, I think it's on, it's not uncalled for now that like people have eight to 10 year long car loans mm-hmm. just so they can make the payments. Yeah. It's like, what, what insanity, what's left? Like, cause like people like our age, I don't have student loan debt, but I, I mean, I'm sure you do. You and your yeah, um, wife my, do. My wife does. It's, but that's the thing is like people like our age have already have a bunch of student loan debt. Now we have to take like eight to 10 year long car loans just so we can afford a car. Yeah. And it's like, and then like maxed out credit cards because our wages can't keep up with, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever necessity is. Rent is like half of people's income sometime, like one third to like half their income. Yeah. And it's only going up. And then tying this into like the supply chain issues. Like that's just going to cause like the law of supply supply and demand is just going to cause all these, you know, prices to go up or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is unsustainable. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's completely unsustainable. You're beyond your credit limit, bud. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you're out. You can't, there's no more. So I don't like, I mean, what is the next, next step beyond that? Yeah. That is crazy. Just to think that, you know, if, if we're out of credit personally, you can't, really eat anything anymore or you can't buy food you're done i mean you're relying on you know if all your income's coming to like monthly payments like what is left over for you to for you to do and then if you miss payments then your credit's fucked and then you like it's it's over it's like what's yeah it's it's over like what do you do so i i just i mean the critique i'm having here is kind of i feel like we we when this all started back in like the history and we started shipping like manufacturing and outsourcing more, more work out of the United States, just for the sake of like saving some extra money, the making money for shareholders, you know, maximizing profits, you know, running a lean company, having a small amount of labor forces, you can paying them as little as possible. You have this, that, and the other thing. The only, the fix we had to that was we, introduce credit and that's that's gone on now for how many years so it's like what's the next step because now we just have a debtor's economy everyone's in debt everybody who's like a regular working person is just in debt Mm -hmm. that's why i i always said like i think marx marx and angles had everything right they were just way ahead of their time yeah because capitalism didn't suck everything out of everything at that time yet yeah i mean you start to wonder, like, like we'll just use U.S. national debt for an example. Like, eventually, it's going to be mathematically impossible to pay that off. Just compounding interest is is too crazy. Yeah, it's like... and that isn't that all we do though? Is we just pay the interest right now? Yeah, on yeah. the debt. Like, are they? I mean, is someday that just not going to matter as much? Like, <laughs> I I don't know because like I I don't know how money works. And I've heard stories of like how like the Treasury Department can mint a trillion dollar coin, yeah, and legitimately like NFTs, 
buy buy like I don't know. I'm gonna sound like it like I sound like it more of an idiot than I usually do, but like you can like buy some of the debt. You can mint a little coin that says one trillion dollars on it, and say this is how much this coin is worth. Give it to the Federal Reserve, and then you eat that much debt with it. <laughs> yeah. So like when I hear stuff like that, I don't I don't even know what, how money works. Like <laughs> that just sounds like like you know one of those booths at the fair, you know, with blinking lights. You know that spits out a token. Like, oh, oh, yeah, you got a token. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's just so, and because like that coin isn't in circulation, supposedly they theorize like it doesn't impact inflation. Then mm-hmm. what? It's like what the f- what 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 the fuck? Like why aren't we just printing like trillion dollar coins like every year or some shit? Then yeah. like I, yeah, I mean I'm not like a a type of jubilee. Like hey, you're out of debt. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked to the uh, evangelical Christians. Like, why don't you listen to that part of the Bible? Yeah, like, where yeah. you're supposed to wipe out every debts, seven like every years. seven seven years. Yep, you're a jubilee. Nope, I don't know. So, like to me, like when I hear kind of stuff like that, it just it, it makes me think that money doesn't even exist. It's not even a real thing. Yeah, we just put put value on this currency, saying it's actually this much. Yeah, that's what's basically my understanding of it. <laughs> Man, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> this, ha- this happens all the time uh yeah i guess we're talking about the the next step the next step i think we're kind of seeing in like strike tober yeah a lot of people are on strike i think you're seeing more people organizing um which is a good thing mm-hmm. um workers need to your surplus labor value you are what's making the company money you know you're providing what the what the labor is like what the what the cost of it is you know you are the reason why the company is company or whatever is making all the money you should have more of the share and the profit it's just bottom line yeah and i think you're seeing more people say we need to reorganize the economy in a way that benefits everybody and i think that's becoming more popular we're just seeing like the last bit of pushback from like boomers and uh you know people who lean right and corporatists you know that's always going to be the pushback is people who have all the money and all the capital are always going to push back against people who don't and want some more so hopefully you know conditions change going forward but I suppose it all depends on how the next few elections go. Yeah. Just limp dick Democrats. Can't can't get it up. <laughs> Do nothing Democrats. Let's steal a line from Trump. Because, like, that's kind of like where we're at right now. Like, the infrastructure bill, it's just in limbo right now. They're cutting the social safety net bill. I think they're down... They were, at 3.5 trillion now they're talking like 1.8 1.9 so it's like come on like and it's like it's all it's about like biden was talking about it's like oh it's about compromise it's like the progressive started at 6 trillion yeah when the need was still (laughs) like 9 or 10 trillion so like they started at 6 trillion and then they went down to 3.5 and now we have two senators like mansion and cinema they're like, not not good enough. Now they're down to like 1.8, 1.9. But now Kristen Cinema is like, I'm not I don't want any like any taxes raised on wealthy people and corporations. So now it's just like, oh the fuck? 
like that's going to just derail the whole thing because that's how they paid for it. Like, like one of the parts was like raising tax taxes on the wealthy and corporations. <laughs> and and then Manchin's just like, well, I'm not going to vote for anything unless it's paid for. So it's like all the show politics and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that to a bunch of bought and sold politicians. All the rest of us are like living in this economy. We're like, I don't know. I'm running out of credit. I don't know what to do. Is he stepping down or not going to run again? I don't know when Ooh. he's up for re-election, but I, I thought I had seen Joe Manchin. Yeah, I thought he might be kind of a lame duck senator. He's a lame duck. Uh, I don't. I, I. I'm not really sure about that. But he has a houseboat. Well, that's pretty cool. Do you think he gambles on it? <laughs> I think he's just a rich asshole who who doesn't want his constituents to have a better life. Yeah, because he makes all the money from the coal companies, and the coal companies want to keep them in the pit. Yeah, keep mining coal. And isn't his wife like invested in some sort of like medical? Yeah, his wife and daughter are both like heavily into like pharmaceuticals. I think. The pharmaceutical least, Ponzi scheme. Okay. Yeah, his his daughter is, and so that's why he, like he's he would fight um, prescription drugs, kind of like oh yeah, lowering regulating drug price. Yeah, it's like you don't want to do that. Yep. I have family interest in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that just like yeah goes more into like the cesspool overall. Yeah, of that's pretty much our politics. Almost every senator. Yeah, I think they're all. I think we we've had one true champion of the working man, Bernard Bernard Sanders, for like the past forty years, and nobody knew who he was until like twenty sixteen. Yeah, but I mean, I'm hoping that we something something's got to shake, and we got to have more more leaders come out of that. Like I like I always talk about how I like John Fetterman from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and we do have like AOC, Katie Porter is a great congresswoman from California. You know, we have we have leaders that are more progressive, but it's just like we don't have our, our Kennedy. And I know the Democrats want that so bad to be like Pete Buttigieg. Like they want him to be our next Kennedy. And I kind of just want to die <laughs> when I hear that. <laughs> the, tr- the Don't count on the train boy, folks. No. You know what? Oh, uh, you know, what's cringe. I remember when I first saw like that he was announcing his campaign and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, this guy is going to be like the wunderkind. And and then you hear like his announcement was all like manufactured basically. And it's just, it's cringe looking back at how I saw the shiny object that was full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like these, these politicians kind of emerge and sometimes, you know, because you don't know anything about them, but they're, they're usually bought. It seems yeah, they're they're bought bought and sold by whatever the best yeah. lobbyist is yeah. in town, and whoever's going to contribute more to their um, campaign. And and if they aren't bought, their balls are cut in like two seconds. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know how you can explain. I mean, granted, I know people can change; um, they can be make themselves better. But when they go the opposite direction, it's like more proof that how bought and sold like our congresspersons and and senators are or our politicians in general because like when you look at like uh kirsten cinema she used to be like like a true left-leaning socialist kind of super progressive who rose through the ranks in the arizona state how like uh state you know she was either a state senator or state representative but then once she became like an actual like in like went to dc 
her politics completely changed. Now she's just like basically a Republican, mm-hmm. you know. So like, what happened? Like, that, I mean, that's got to be like the ultimate proof there that like money can buy anything in this country, yeah. and that includes elected representatives. Well, I think every politician that goes to Washington, you know, they're they got that the stick, and you know, they're a bag full of lunch at the end of it, and they're at the crossroads, and this ghoul rises up and well, they sell their soul. And we've always known that. Do you want to shift focus and go more to what we want to talk about? Like tales from Yeah. Tales from yep. the floor. I would like that. I want to hear some I have better stories from my time at the liquor store mm-hmm. than uh anywhere else. And that's kind of like my support for raising wages for like retail workers and people in customer service definitely came from times i worked just at a liquor store mm-hmm. because you meet some extremely interesting folks yes you do uh and your time at the liquor store but like i i think about one 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 guy in particular i i don't know like i'm not a doctor or anything sure but this guy i'm pretty sure had like a bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and he would either come in and he would be happy as could be or he would come in and he would be angry as could be and confrontational oh man like to the point where like i was very uncomfortable because i don't know like we we were such a small liquor store that sometimes i would be working by myself oh wow one of those and so (laughs) yeah and so like i didn't like those interactions i was just like dude i don't even know what to do like what if this guy comes in and just starts breaking shit Mm -hmm. like i'm here by myself and so like it's to me at the time, I think I was getting paid like 10 50 an hour. I was just like, this isn't worth 10 50 an hour. Yes. Like have some guy like go off the rails. But that's, I mean, that's why I think like retail workers and, you know, people with customer service should get paid more because they have to deal with things like that. That's, that's funny. You mentioned that, you know, how much you're getting paid. Cause <laughs> I, I think like during the time you were working, I was probably getting paid like, eight dollars or something and i'm like oh you're getting paid ten dollars wow i think it's just because we had two employees yeah (laughs) and so like he could get away with like paying us like a couple extra bucks i I think at that time Mm -hmm. but i mean he he could have regardless yeah i'm not saying like he couldn't but like you know the time that i had was that was my second job and it it was was what it was yeah yeah, it was beer money, and he had a discount at the liquor store, so beer beer money went an extra mile there. <laughs> so, did that guy ever get help, or I, or did I don't know. Just leave. But I left before yeah, it's probably I knew anything. Up. Probably still messed up. Yeah, like there's like the types of customers, like you, they're basically walking on toothpicks. It's like okay, you're that's how you identify an alcoholic, basically. Like mm-hmm. they got the either the big round belly and they're walking on toothpicks or they just look like malnourished. Yeah, they just look like like ghosts, like walking zombies, like yeah. zombie. They do look like yes. zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like because sometimes I always felt like an enabler, if that makes sense, because we my store was relatively close to where the bars were. Mm hmm. And so there would be guys who would be in the bar drinking all day. Yeah. And this this is like every day. This was the same thing happening every day. And they would come in at the same time because once the 
is usually around like 6 7 o'clock. They're in the bar all day drinking. 6 7 o'clock, all the people start coming in for the night. They decide, well, time to stop day drinking here and start day drinking at home. Mm-hmm. One guy in particular, I remember, because he would come in and he would buy a six pack of what is it called? Like classic ice. Okay. Or yeah. just the cheapest, but it was like high gravity. It was like six point some percent, I think, or even higher maybe. Mm-hmm. And he had like the this this coat that like a, an all body like coat it had like eight zippers on it oh, and he would just like put one can in each pocket <laughs> and he would just like walk home and i'm like dude i was like i those are the kind of times i like felt bad like it was just like yeah what am i doing but it's just like i gotta make a living too i guess yeah yeah i mean like other than like the initial like okay this is new material like when you see it all the time then it starts becoming sad and like you know, they're just a night away from maybe not waking up. I, I know. And like, cause uh, the guy, a coworker of mine, I guess there was a guy who would always come in and he would order, or he would just get like a pint of peppermint schnapps. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he would just come in and get that. And then he would leave. Well, his, I guess my coworker talked to like his kids one time. Cause his kids came in and says like, please don't serve him. Yeah. And, the guy would just still be coming in and just like constantly over and over and over again. Yeah. This, this other guy, um, he always gets like some brandy, but like most of the time he comes in and he's, he's drunk and, you know, we're not supposed to serve drunk people, but, um, I, he's not driving or anything. So I don't know if you just give him a free pass or we just don't want to deal with making him mad. But his, uh, his dad came in later. He's like, please don't serve him. You know, he's got a heart condition or whatever, but, and that's just that's when those like moments like hit you hard you're just like god man like i feel so bad Mm -hmm. um and it's not even like people who like are drunk it's like people who you see them three times a week yeah and they're buying like a bottle and it's just like a bottle of like some sort of liquor you're like dude you're hitting it hard yeah unless you and your whole family are sharing this or something <laughs> but like it's just you know i i don't because I, I that's another thing like another guy and this kind of ties into like a couple of episodes we were talking about opiates of the masses is like this guy would come in monday wednesday friday and monday it would be he would buy like a 750 or a liter same thing on wednesday but then on friday he'd buy a 175 okay and like you start tracking these people's like um, you, you like if they're if they're like constantly coming in, you like see like what's going on. Yeah, and it's just like it's really just disheartening. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. Maybe if you're like you do something for so long, you just can't gonna get numb to it. But yeah. it's like, well, like you know, working two jobs, uh, you some interesting situations occur. Uh, like there's one guy from the office. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd come in, and I knew he was probably drunk at work and we'd never like it was the most curt interaction i've ever had just i don't even say hey or i just say hey you know scan it have a good one <laughs> yeah that's and I that's mean, crazy so i don't know if on his like lunch break he just sits in his car or whatever and pounds it or pours it into you know mountain dew that's so sad like, i mean he he looks like he has it all together, but 
at the same, you know, anytime somebody's buying like a half pint, they're trying to keep it down low, I guess, or like self-medicate. So they're not getting shakes at work or whatever. Trying to get that level of like, I'm just, I'm just coasting by, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some, like one guy, I think after he, he must've had a, a divorce or something, but he had some kids with this one woman and she basically took him from him or made up a story. But then I don't know if it was ever resolved in court, but you know, drinking too much, you know, he got a DUI and you know, just sort of how life changed for him and stuff. And alcohol was sort Mm -hmm. of, he tried to use it as a crutch and made his life worse, I guess. Yeah. I, I, you know, like we always joke about how much we drink on this podcast, but it's never at that level. It's like when we're drinking, we're drinking for fun. Yeah, we're bi- and yeah, we're binge drinking. I yeah, we're <laughs> binge drinking. It's fine. It's not a problem. We're just binge drinking. Uh, it's just like I I guess I used to for a while I was kind of self meditating or medita- self meditating self medicating uh kind of in that way when I was like drinking every day. But I, I I never got to that next level where like I had to you know drink throughout the day kind of thing. Yeah. And that's just like, I, I just feel so bad for people who get to that level. It's just, it's just crazy. Like mm-hmm. I, and then there, cause it, it's gotta be more common. Like another s- story I have is like this guy who came in and he was just done. Yeah. And so like we ref- refused to serve him because obviously if you're somebody is like falling all over themselves, they need, you, you can't give them anything more. And so like, he just started like, I don't want to say going insane. He just started like talking about just the most random shit. And then he went outside and started like howling. And then like, so we have to call the, like the police and some cop. And luckily I think the, the cop was actually was chill. Like he just came in and he, he, or he just was out there like just talking to him. He's just like, mm-hmm. just being really patient. So I'm glad the good cop came. Yeah. So <laughs> the bad cop, yeah. but like, uh, so you know, it got resolved, but I think he like took him to the drunk tank or whatever. And, but it's still like, that is pretty, and, it, and that's kind of like when you work in a liquor store, you kind of see like that level of, I don't want to say society, but you see it, you see it up front and you kind of have a feeling like you're in an, a, enabling it, but like, it's just kind of crazy. Like what, what, what you're seeing when you're there. Yeah. And I don't think you even recognize like what, what's going on. It's like, and how many people, and even the ones that like, you know, have it all together or are able to function, it's still like, you still see them like sometimes three times a week or even daily. Yeah. Or three times a day. Or three, th- or three times a day. Yeah. There were people like that. And then even guys who come and get like six packs of beer each day. It's just like, they're still drinking six beers a day, yeah. but I I don't know. It's, Maybe I think a lot of people just becomes routine. Yeah. Maybe not even to the addiction level. It's just like, well, I, this is just what I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> there is this one when I was working at Con. Apparently, there was a lady. She was like a manager on third shift, but one of the guys is like, "Yeah, she she drinks a case of Coors Light every day." You're like, "What?" <laughs> That's insane. You're like, like she's maybe 120 pounds that that's crazy i mean i couldn't drink half that the the (laughs) the body is amazing folks the body is an amazing amazing thing you're able to just 
you know, pile on and just abuse it and wreck it. And it still just keeps going mm-hmm. well until it can't anymore. But a case. Can you imagine drinking a case of beer a day? No. I would get full. <laughs> yeah. You got to piss that all out, too. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's crazy. Or, well, I was going to say, some. I thought I'd heard something, you know, sometimes, like, you're not, all you're doing is pissing out water. All the carbs stay in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What I'm learning is I'm not a scientist. Yeah. We're not a, a scientist, economist, or anything on this podcast. We actually don't even know what we're talking about <laughs> all the time. You know, I, when I was thinking of like, we can have tales from tales from the liquor store, I was hoping for funny stories, and these are not funny stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the time we thought they were funny, but, you know, when you really look at it, you're like, God damn, dude. Yeah. I mean, they're like earlier earlier in the day you know there's usually like your casual customers and having a good conversation with them like mm-hmm. oh it's look you look like you've been hitting the weights hey. like, oh thanks thanks bro yeah you guys i'm 10 pounds fatter but thanks for thinking that <laughs> yeah there were some i always had some like cool people that would come in once in a while yeah. and they just be bros and then i also had the people who would like come in we're very capable people come up to the counter and be like, I like a case of McGolden. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to get that for you? I'm like, yes. And so it's like, come on, dude. The walk-in cooler is just like 20 steps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go get it. I don't want to deal with that bullshit. Like, come on, you're capable. I'm here at the counter fiddling with my phone. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could fuck we could fuck off on that job, so it wasn't wasn't all bad. Yeah, I mean, there's like another customer. Um, he's from Connecticut, but every time I talk to him, it's like it's almost like talking to Bernie Sanders. Just nice. He's like an old uh, Vietnam vet, paratrooper, and Viet from Viet or who served in Vietnam, I guess. And he's always just he's probably the friendliest customer I've ever met. He's just a real genuine guy and. I sold them some of my uh, gym equipment. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had a a guy who came in one time, and I forget what happened. Like, he, like, knew the, my coworker or whatever, but he would come in all the time. And eventually, he helped, like, fix my car. Nice. And, yeah, it was nice. And he, he like, charged me very little for, like, labor costs at the mm-hmm. time. And he just, like, basically, I had to pay for the parts, and he would just do it. So that was nice. Like... I went. I wouldn't have had that like happen if like I hadn't worked at the liquor store and like mm-hmm. had that interaction with people. I don't know the the store I I worked at. I guess had like regulars and like it was wasn't like a chain or anything. So like the people who would come in and like interact with you seemed to like uh, have some. You'd have somewhat of a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, over time those you know. 30 second interactions add up <laughs> yeah i mean they do and it's like you recognize each other and then sometimes you like recognize each other out, outside the store yeah or you're like dude you're the dude who works at and i'm like yeah what's up dude and yeah like, or like one time i went into high view liquor and like <laughs> i saw one of my other coworkers there <laughs> like <laughs> one of the managers and i was like what and then a, a customer noticed us and was like what the hell are you guys doing here? Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a little awkward. You know, there's some things we just don't carry. Yeah, there's. I mean, gotta check out the competition. You know, 
Like, you got to see what's up. Um, your Bernie Sanders guy reminded me. I I had made that post or that that message that I said that I wanted to read like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read it real quick because it ties into like the supply chain issues. I know we're skipping around on this episode a lot, but like always, we don't really have a plan. And that's why you folks love us. <clears throat> Let's not act like the past 40 years, an extreme level of bullshit has been fed to Americans and what's good for us. The promise of trickle-down economics is a lie. We continue to give the wealthy, wealthy and corporation loads of tax breaks and incentives, saying that we'll get some of that too. It didn't and won't happen. They took everything they could and kept all the wealth, shipped manufacturing overseas to save a buck, ruining countless livelihoods. One example, look at any former steel town, and even from the big auto industries. Left to rot and die, or rot and die, left to rot with no safety net for its citizens. We did away with pensions for the 401ks. We could put away parts of our own paychecks to money managers on Wall Street so they could have fun playing with it. So we could have the illusion of a vested, vested interest in big gains. Your inflation is caused by supply chain issues big corporations caused. By shipping it all overseas and making billions while you live paycheck to paycheck. I yield back. That was really good. I love the finger pointing. <laughs> I don't even know if I sound like Bernie Sanders there, but it was, I, uh, I was. You were also channeling some uh, Kennedy. Yeah, that was my. I, uh, I loved it. North, my 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 attempt at being a north the, uh, northeastern kind of North um, Democrat accent that does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I wrote that when I had like five beers. Yeah. That's when I do my best work. Yep. <laughs> you ride the rails of truth. Yeah, I try. I also feed a lot of bullshit. So, yeah. you know, you got to have a good balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to wrap it up? You want to do some plugs? Yeah. Uh, everybody, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Um, you can find it, the link on our Twitter at explore underscore pod. Um, and you can also uh, follow us there on Twitter. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me if you want. I'm at yeah. gibgib123. Yeah, Sam needs some followers. I don't I don't really go on Twitter that much. Yeah, so you really do enough. I, and I, I always love retweeting. <laughs> It'll be like one, one, one night where I'm just like, I got a tweet, and I tweet up a storm, and then I'll be absent for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I notice I run into that where I think of like 13 tweets, and it's like, I'm just going to post them all. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think it'd be, sometimes I think it's better to bank it, but. What's our email? Uh, let's explore this at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us those spooky stories, folks, or any corrections that we may have. Tell us if you love us or hate us or anywhere in between. Yeah. Um, we're, we're open to criticism and love. Yep. Kevin loves to open that up. Yeah. Really, all criticism just goes in the trash. So, <laughs> but thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Love y'all. <laughs>